What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Marley Dog Radio Show. I'm Roddy. I'm Joe. And I'm Kwame. And this week, we don't know what we're talking about. Let's see what everyone's been up to. Kwame, how was your day? My day was was pretty tight. You know, I did my Taekwondo tournament today. Which Tell was, everybody how that went. Um, so they separated us. So no, I did not fight a bunch of little kids. <laughs> what happened was we got separated from uh, kids, teens, and adults. So um, older teens and adults were grouped through uh, about like four different groups. And we just did our forms this time because, you know, everything going on with COVID, it's a little hard to to kick somebody in the face. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you really got to worry about germs now, let alone what we don't think about usually, especially on the foot. Seriously. <laughs> oh, man, there's too many times I've been afraid I'm going to go home and have pink eye. <laughs> what, they but, jumping oh, at you with their asshole? A <laughs> <laughs> Pulling you know, a Mr. Slave from Miss, on South Park when he swallowed Paris Hilton up his butt? <laughs> no, I was like, there's so many times where we're working out, we're doing push-ups, and everyone's barefoot on the mat, so it's just, all right, everybody sprint around the mat, and then afterwards... Get down on your hands and do some fucking push-ups. So, <laughs> you just you you like oh my hands are so grimy now because somebody doesn't wash their feet. I'm somebody. Uh, at least Wait, one are of you them. getting foot cheese on your hands? Is that what you're I, telling me? I mean, me? I hope it's not foot cheese. Well, boy, oh boy, responsible for yourself, man. I, I mean, I, I try to be as responsible. You're not bringing a grater for your hands to get the foot cheese off. Uh, that would probably help. Or you could get one of those like little... tongue cleaner things, like for your teeth, where it scrapes the stuff off your tongue. Get it for your hands, man. What type of funk do you think would come up <laughs> off of hands it, and or feet with it's a your fucking own mat, Kwame? <laughs> Just fucking put put a sharpie like this side up and only have that side up, <laughs> and that way you always know which side your hands are on. But but that's it's the it's the dojo's mat. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's the dojo's I, mat, I Joe. I can imagine they are not, uh, you know, cleaning it any better than normal. Yeah. Oh, no, I highly doubt that. Anyways, gone. they do yeah. clean them after every practice and, like, you know, every yeah, time after, like, some type of whatever they're doing on competition practice, what have oh, yeah. you. Them, they would look super funky if they didn't. I Trust mean, me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did wrestling. After every match, we would actually personally do our mats in front of everybody before we roll them up. Mm. At the end of the match, all of us start going, and then all of us roll, and it's like, all right, off to the next great yonder, and that was the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> ah, fun times. <laughs> yeah, Isn't no. that right, Joe? Oh, very fun. Sorry, gone. Oh, you're good. <laughs> yeah, I ended up uh, getting first place in my group, which was really fun. My sister got first place in hers. Uh oh. Sorry, Troubles. that was me. My bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty fun. I I tied at first, so it was really sketchy because um, the way that they did it, it was over webcam, and uh, the person that I was tied with was from a different school. So I had to watch them on the laptop that was about eight feet away from me. So I couldn't see them clearly. I just see this little figure going off and doing their form. And they were a brown belt. Mm -hmm. So they're doing like a a pretty serious kata form. Um, And then it was my turn. And I'm a white belt with a yellow stripe. And what what was he again? He was a brown belt. A brown belt? Yeah, so he was like two belts from black belt. A belt away from black belt. I was a yellow red belt, and then no, I feel that I I was a yellow stripe, and I uh, I was sparring with a brown belt once, and I learned really quick how (laughs) tough. It was a forty-year-old man, mind you, not to cut (laughs) you off, but I was fourteen years old, and like you know, he was a cool old cat. Him and his son did together; they were real Mm. nice, but. We finally get all of our sparring gear on for like the second time out of that whole year I'd been there. I was like, I was ready for it. 
And, you know, they give you head protection and stuff. Yeah. This motherfucker kicked me in the head. He roundhoused me so hard. <laughs> he actually, like, made my shit turn off. Like, I was, like, seeing everything, but I just dropped into a wall. And he picked me up real quick and oh, gave me a God. hug, rubbed my back. I was like, yeah, good game. My, my, my fucking Sabonim was like, Rodney, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm good, man. It's like, thank God for it. It's like, dude, if that helmet would have been there, he would have fucking cold cocked my ass so hard for real. <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, I can't wait for sparring. Sparring to be crazy. It, it's a motivational thing for working out for me. Oh, yeah. It's no, insane. no, no. Definitely. That was always yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. Because it gets you get to, like, practice what you've done. See, like I said, that was the second time I had. So, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was sitting there like, you know, haha, we did that. Because we did a lot of no contact when it came to punching for the first part. But even mm-hmm. though we had, like, the chest protection, too. But, nah, dude. Take... <laughs> taking that foot to the dome it's like i know like if i'm ever in a bad spot and i got a clear kick i'm gonna fucking roundhouse somebody in the head <laughs> joe tried to axe kick me in the chin once oh yeah rodney sorry I, about I, that I I, I I i deserved it for the record you can't bring up an act of random act of violence with me that i committed against you over the years because they're so numerous that i they, cannot pinpoint yeah i know we already talked about was. the the egg going back up into the nest on the last yeah, one no, that was... we could do one per show you know one per show you want to <laughs> talk about the one where you fucking need me in the balls at uh at walmart because i came up and i think i did do you messing around i came up and smacked you and I remember I walked off, dude, and Kwame just came up to me, and I look, and he's doing the Kwame walk. I'm like, hey, you're like, hey, and you just grab my shoulders and need me right in the balls, oh and I dropped on the floor of Walmart out in town, dude. And like next thing I was like, oh, oh, you know, I know Kwame. This is happened before. He'll pick me. I see, and this mother- happy motherfucker's like jogging away from me, going to catch up with the other person. I was like, he literally just left me there he in the clothes gone. section on the floor, dude. Now, it was well-earned, and I'm not going to say you're wrong for that, but, like, you did me real dirty leaving me there by myself. Yeah, that's fair. I did you dirty. I I swear that was, like, the third or fourth nut tap from the week, and I was just like... It was. You were were fed up with my bullshit. I was was really bad about that. You think at 21 or 22, I would have learned from my mistakes. Kwame had a job to do, and it was time to clock out for the day. (laughs) He had to finish the job with grace and integrity at the end of it. Well, at least he didn't know Taekwondo yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that that probably would have been bad. Yeah. I've been roundhouse kicked in the nuts before. It's not pleasant. You've been roundhoused in the nuts? Yeah. Was this a really short dude? No. Or was it just a low kick? <laughs> no, when, um, when I had my own little fight club back in the day when we were freshmen in high school and shit, um, I had one of my friends squared up against me. And, you know, we tried to, like, restrict any shots above the shoulder, so no face shots type of thing, just because nobody wants to go home with a black guy and then have to explain it to their parents. So it's, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's one of those, all right, body shots only. You're allowed to do throws. And basically it was either by submission or by somebody submitting through just giving up because you beat the shit out of their body enough for them to be like, I'm done. (laughs) So... (laughs) So I go up against my friend. Um, I'll keep things anonymous until we're given permission to speak about them. Yep. But we're squared up. He took Taekwondo. And this is before I took Taekwondo for real. So I took it as a kid, but I only got to go through like a couple classes as a white belt and then drop out of class. So we're squared up. Judge or uh, the referee says go. And he looks me square in my eyes and just throws this really low-ass roundhouse right into my nuts. 
<laughs> so it's not like you guys started fighting and he was like going for a next move and aim low. Like, no, he oh, just no. straight he up. He looked you in the eyes and his eyes said, I'm going to kick you in the nuts. <laughs> so his, his excuse was, I wanted to kick the shit out of your stomach because I thought it would make you fold over. And my thing was, my stomach is six inches higher <laughs> at least. <laughs> I guess that dude has some real low-hanging fruit then. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to call that. Yeah. And I was like, well, your stuff don't hang down by the knee? What? <laughs> yeah, like, huh? You know, you just broke the first rule of Fight Club, by the way. Oh, man, that Fight Club has been dissolved. You and don't talk matter. about Fight Club, Kwame. Hey, man. Even though you had like 30 <laughs> kids from fucking school doing it. Teenage Fight Club is not Fight Club, Rodney. Yeah. Was, didn't you guys have waivers at a certain point? At one point, we started making waivers. And so we So did what was have, the purpose of that? You realize because that's more illegal than actually just running a fight club? I didn't realize that at all. <laughs> so <laughs> we, uh, we eventually got to the point where we had mouth guards, so we were able to just go full out. Um, we tried to make sure everybody did the whole little Vaseline thing to make sure they didn't get easily cut. Yeah. Uh, obviously that didn't work. We got shut down like within the first like two nights of having like a full on fight night. Um, the first match where things got crazy. Um, well, there's two matches that are like that, but like <laughs> the first match literally, um, the dudes are going at it. They both knew each other from the high school, but they, they didn't hang. So it kind of became like almost gang fight style, which was really bad. Cause then we had, you know, group A versus group B. Group A came together ready to kick some ass. They had never been to the fight club before. Group B is my friends that have all been in the fight club with me for like either years or months at this point. So they're all just kind of like, let's beat up on the newcomers. <laughs> so. You know, he got um, to. It's fucking. Uh, what do you? What do you call it? initiation? It's a yeah, it's yeah, a exactly. Passage, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So the the first fight kind of like it started off. The the new dude is just throwing hands wild because you know he that's just his idea of fighting. And then we've got my friend from my group who practices martial arts and is more calm while he's fighting. So he's catching this dude every time he opens himself up. And I had to call the fight because they end up on the ground. And I guess like group a dude thought that he was like doing really well and he was just like yeah so he's on top of him and he's punching him and my friend from group b puts his arm down on the ground pops him completely up <laughs> and just flips it over like this dude pulled a michael myers on that motherfucker <laughs> straight just straight up cat sat dude <laughs> and the other dude just ends up balling up as my friend is just punching this crap out of his head, just beating his head like a fucking drum. And I was like, yeah, we're in high school. This, <laughs> this isn't okay, guys. We got class in the morning. Yeah. Jeez, like full so like, UFC style. Full UFC style. Yeah. No was, gloves, dude. Yeah. Well, no, I know we had gloves. Oh, we had, we had gloves and mouth guards at this Okay, point. okay, all right. Because so, there were a few I saw where it was just bare knuckle for a while. Yeah, that's that was before facial. Because okay. like, like I said, you know, I've punched somebody in the mouth and cut my knuckles because I hit their teeth. Like, last thing we need is somebody losing teeth, somebody having a black eye, all that crazy stuff. Last thing last thing we needed. Fight Club is a past tense. Anyway. Yeah, this is no longer a Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, no Fight Club. Joe? <laughs> I just hold the money. There you go. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
How the fuck did you get away with that? How did you convince your mom to let you do this shit? So I didn't. All right, so what happened? Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, his mom didn't agree to this. Yeah, no, I was grounded multiple times growing up. Um, I first started my fight club when I was 12 in eighth grade with a couple friends. Um, we we had our rules where it was body blows only, and the winner was determined by whoever got knocked on the ground and punched in the stomach and or chest while they were flat-backed on the ground. So you literally had to beat the shit out of each other, pin somebody down completely, or catch them by surprise while they were flat on their back to win. So it was really quick matches for the most part because I had, like, two friends that were in martial arts. So, you know, sweep, kick, punch you in the gut. Haha, I won. <laughs> you suck. But there were a lot of times where it was, we're going to punch the shit out of each other <laughs> for, like, five minutes Jesus. until somebody gives up. <laughs> uh, my friend... um, one of my close friends who was a football player also was in my fight club with me and, and he wanted to learn how to fight and that's how he initially ended up joining. Um, so he wants to learn how to fight and he's able to bench 300 pounds, but he can't throw a punch to save and his life. And what grade are you guys in? This is 10th grade. Oh, okay. I thought you were still <laughs> talking about fucking uh, fit, like fifth grade or whatever for me. I was like, you had a friend that no. could bench 300 pounds and you guys thought it'd be a good <laughs> idea to fight this son of a bitch? No. Jesus, dude. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. But <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a mini Hulk for real. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Hey, bro, teach me how to fight. No, because you can lift me up above your yeah, head. It's like, I'm going to atomic throw you and show you that you need to help me. You just sit down. <laughs> I want to knock you out before I toss you half a yeah. mile away. Yeah, you just sit down. I'm going to take your couch and bench you while you sit on it. <laughs> how do you clench a fist again? Oh, that? Awesome. And just <laughs> But fucking... No, like, um, I taught him how to fight, and, like, I was scared one time. He almost broke my arm. We, we <laughs> He put me into a Kimura, and um, I wasn't, like, terrified for my life, but I was definitely scared because it was, like, my arm felt like it was about to snap, like, immediately as soon as you started What do you do? Put you in an arm bar? Or? A Kimura is basically you take somebody's arm, like bent like if they were holding a dumbbell or something mm -hmm. you put one arm behind their bicep mm -hmm. and loop it up towards their wrist and the other arm you you grab your own wrist or you grab their wrist as well and you just crank their arm backwards over the arm you have oh hell no yeah, you keep their arm bent so that that way it hurts more. You better believe I'd start yeah. throwing oh. fucking feet so hard, dude. I'd be kicking back. Well, that's the thing. I, I taught him how to you do that even lock. You leverage yourself, so Rodney. You, True. You wouldn't be able to from the position that he had because you either do it in side guard It'd be a or desperate you do it. act. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a desperate act of trying to save my ass. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I didn't know how to do ground game until 10th grade. 10th grade, I got taken by surprise by one of my friends because we just did blows, and then he wanted to fight, and he showed up for the first time. So me being, like, the cocky little sophomore that I was, I was like, all right, I'm just going to tackle the shit out of him and then punch him when I get him on the ground. I go to tackle him, and he gets me in that classic-ass guillotine and <laughs> just cranks back and chokes the shit out of me. So we're, like, fight over in, like, 20 seconds. I'm mad as hell, right? I'm like, how the fuck did you beat me so fast? And that's when I started learning Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like self-taught. So there's a lot of like self-taught. So not really that great of a martial artist. A whole thing spread around school because of Fight, of fight Club. Really wasn't that great of a martial <laughs> artist. <laughs> like, Dude, it's just surprising because you're saying it's like, oh, I got really mad. It's like, okay, because I've seen fights break out before and you ran towards them. Not to like 
you know, sit there and join in, but to intervene and try to like break it up. Sorry, Marley's got really, really close, close to the, to the equipment camera. over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. I'm, yes, I'm talking to you, crazy. Marley's here as always, everybody. Marley, she goes again. Come here, come here. Ooh, ooh, oh ooh, my ooh, god. Ooh. Okay, that's gonna be funny for anyone watching the video. <laughs> Jesus, Marley, yeah. come here. Come here. Come here. But uh, no, there have been a couple fights because I don't know if you remember, but we were uh, playing at Deja Brew one night, and that's when that dude Stern was there with us. Remember? And, yeah, uh, I remember Stern. I don't remember exactly what we were doing out there. Probably just smoking some cigarettes, shooting the shit, out, you know, because it was getting later into the night. And there was that bar next to it. Was it uh, Lion and Bull or whatever? Good old Lion and Bull. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. And holy <laughs> shit, dude. I just remember, like, we heard this big, like, bang, like, door swung open. Mind you, this place had, like, wood doors with glass windows on it, okay? And we look over, like, 100 feet down the fucking sidewalk on this strip we're playing at. And these older dudes are just, like, fighting to get out of the door. Like, they're trying to hold somebody up from falling out, almost, it looks like. And then they all fall forward, and these are some big, burly guys. So I'm just imagining it's like, oh, this little tree that's uh, on the sidewalk. Oh, that ain't going to make it. <laughs> and they all fall into it, and it somehow doesn't break under, like, three or four guys. And I just remember at that point, you were running towards it, and then Jay was running towards it. And then y'all left me there with fucking seven-foot Stern, or however the hell tall he is. And I just remember him screaming, ah! <laughs> and just starts running towards it. And this dude's running so fast, his fucking dreads are, like, standing up straight in the back, like, completely yeah. fucking horizontal. Yeah. And I go up, and you're grabbing this one guy w with this plaid shirt on, or, no, it was a black polo. And you're like, no, no, dude, don't. It's not worth it. And he threw an elbow, and I grabbed you and pulled back on you. I dodge always it. miss these things. And, dude, this guy's always. nose, when he threw the elbow, though, his, like, from here down to his nose was covered in fucking blood, so, like, his forehead a good two inches, and it's because some dude, apparently, like, he yells, get the fuck off me to Kwame, and he rubs his face, and you, he's all sweaty and stuff, and you can tell he's out for whoever did this, and then he goes and grabs him again, and Kwame's like, no, no, dude, you're better than this, you're a professional, remember this, because yeah, we realized- the, It was the fucking bouncer. Yeah, The yeah. bouncer was about to beat the uh, shit out of this I, drunk person. And, yeah, and, and Kwame like, was trying to out? save him. Yeah, I was like, dude, the drunk person is outside of the bar now. He's outside, he's leaving. Stop trying to beat the shit out of him, because you're going to end up going to jail on some excessive violent shit. And that's yeah. what Kwame was trying to say, but he was grabbing this man, pulling his shirt, saying, no, you're a professional. And yeah, I, I think, was I was drunk as fuck. No, nah, I know. <laughs> I didn't want to mention wasn't. that part. But no, I was drunk as fuck. We were all drunk. <laughs> we were Let's all be real. Drunk. We were all drinking moonshine out back. Okay, <laughs> that's what we did because we were a bunch of fucking punks. But yeah, anyways, yeah. That, so know, we, huh? Kwame and Jay would be the ones that run straight to it. It was like Kwame. He he he's selfless. He doesn't care. Kwame was at two of the three altercations that bar had that year. <laughs> but then. There's guys like Stern Chappelle, just the gentle giants of the world. It was like, and then just that motherfucker's the equalizer. And <laughs> he would not hurt a fly. I, I beg to differ on that, but I really think it depends how bad you pissed him off. He's going to troll you and really make you question your existence, oh, yeah, no, but fine. he'll mentally cripple you. But if you piss him off enough to physical violence, like I, I would not want to be within a two-mile radius of him. I'd be like watching with a telescope. But... <laughs> No, so anyways, when you pulled him off, the other bouncer came at you, and I got in between. I was like, no, 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 it's good, dude, it's good. Well, we realized this guy who threw an elbow at Kwame to begin with, the bouncer he grabbed at first and wiped the face off his blood, the guy who's trying to hit that dude fucking sucker punched him in the bar. He was talking to the guy already trying to calm him down or something. 
And what happened was he turned his head when he looked back. This dude fucking clocked him right in the nose and almost split his shit, dude. So the guy was out to get his fucking ass. He should have known better than to not look away. No offense. No, 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 okay. No, 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 no. no, You're a bouncer. I I get that. But look, what I'm getting at is how violently he was going out. I'm not defending the fact that he fucked up doing that. He should have known better. But I'm defending the fact that why he was going at this guy, I would have been the same way. Professional or not, someone... Mm fucking sucker punches me like that and I have a chance to hit them back and I'm mad enough, I'm probably going to try now. It doesn't take much to hold me back. That'd be like six <laughs> nines bodyguards pushing him back during that Meek Mills incident where he's like, <laughs> yeah, this guy got cops. He's got cops. That got what? And then when you see Meek Mills version, he's yelling and all of his bodyguards who are two feet taller than him are pushing him behind them. Just like, dude, shut the fuck up and get back there. It's like, go eat your fucking Scooby-Doo graham crackers. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, that was one of the worst ones. The other one was when that dude, Ryan, kicked that other dude in the fucking throat while you were there. I'm a great father! That that was crazy. So um, we're out at a bar, me and Jay, with this dude, Ryan, and and he was one of our fans, one of our only fans, like, that were, like, a huge fan of our band. It's because he was an alcoholic middle-aged male who hated his family. (laughs) Let's be realistic. (laughs) That's fair. Compensating. Yeah. So he would always try to hang out with us and like try to invite us over because he he could record. He even offered to record music for us. I do remember that. Yeah. So he he just really wanted to be a part of our band, basically. And um, one night, Jay and I decided to go out to the bar with him. So we're getting a couple drinks, and um, like I decided I had to go to the bathroom. That's what happened. I had to go to the bathroom. So as I go to the bathroom, this random ass dude comes outside to the patio where we're at drinking. And starts talking to Ryan. So I see they're having a pleasant conversation. I'm like, hey, Jay, I'll be back. Got to hit the bathroom. As I come back, I come outside to, I'm a great father. And then he proceeds to kick the shit out of this dude's face that he was talking <laughs> to. So I'm I'm stunned. I'm like, yo, so I left and y'all were cool. And now as I come back, you are assaulting this man because you're a great father. So he gets kicked in the fucking face. The moment that he gets kicked in the face, security runs out to the patio. So dude doesn't even get a chance to retaliate against Ryan. He, they start dragging Ryan's ass that moment. Ryan throws me his keys. Hey, bro, go get my car. We're gonna need to run and i'm like we need to run what the fuck am i getting into so this turns into so this turns into a whole thing where i'm outside or well first jay comes up what the fuck's going on jay's drunk as shit just seeing ryan get dragged ryan kicks somebody in the face we need to go get his car okay do you you? Mind you, Han, he forgot a key detail. After he kicked this dude in the throat, the dude fell out the chair, and then he went and sat in the dude's chair like he just stole the fucking oh. throne, sat back, and he's like, yeah, I'm the shit. Like, and then he gets trapped. He had this whole persona. Mind you, this is just what I was told right after I'd gotten there. There's more to this story. Yeah. Sorry, go on. I just wanted to make sure you have that part in there, because this dude thought he was pretty fucking awesome. He's like, I'm the modern-day Clint Eastwood. I mean, it was a clean kick that geeked me the fuck out later, but... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, basically he gets dragged we get in his car and we're sitting in this car for like probably 10 minutes tops and his wife is calling us like where is he what happened and we're like don't worry he's gonna be fine he just got into a little scuff <laughs> he's okay. hiding in the bushes somewhere but he's here <laughs> yeah we pull up and he's just hiding in the bushes i don't even know how the fuck he got there but he's hiding in the bushes like across the street from lion and bull and he's just like guys 
<laughs> like, waving us over. So we drive over. That's we pick the place in Haymarket, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, those bushes are like nothing. It was there. literally, it, it was like, there was Deja Brew, ABC, and then Lion and yeah, Bull. It was, I remember. Yeah. Right so it was like directly in front of it. Yeah. So we, we rescued him and took him back home. Well, hold on. There, there's some, all right, mind you. Between all this, the cops did get called, and they did show up to take a report on it, if I remember correctly. Because I called yeah. Kwame, because I was like, I ain't seen Kwame in a couple days, because, I don't know, you and Jay pissed me off or something. I was being a little bitch about it, pissing <laughs> and moaning for three days. And I call you to hang out that night, and this is what this is what I get a call to, you know, ring, ring. Roddy, you are not going to believe this fucking shit. And <laughs> that's what I get answered. I was like, oh, my God. It's like, maybe it was a mistake to call you. I was like, okay, what happened? And you pretty much elaborated that whole story. So when I got there, you hadn't brought the car around yet, if you <laughs> remember correctly. Again, like, yeah. I don't know if you'd been drinking or anything that night either. Oh, no, I was drinking. Oh, well, there, <laughs> well the point being, don't drink and drive, kids. Um, yes. That's not the point I was so getting at. Drink but, responsibly. <laughs> yeah, and stay home, fuckers. <laughs> so I get there, and the cops are talking to Jay for God knows what reason. And... Jay's sitting there trying to convince them to breathalyze him just so he can see how drunk he is, even though he's done nothing wrong. And the cops keep telling him no. And mind you, he's talking to a female officer, so he's I not being about subtle no. about it. Like, if James is trying to, like, protect this dude, like, Jay is not a reliable witness to anything. Oh, so not at all. When you started, I was like, he's not going to help this situation. And then you were like, oh, yeah, he was trying to get on the breathalyzer on purpose to see how drunk he was. All right. So so me and Steve pulled up, I think, the old roommate guy. And he uh, so we followed you guys. I brought the Crown Vic out. And then while Jay's talking to these cops, you just pulled up in a fucking car I didn't recognize, realizing it was Ryan's. You're like, guys, let's go. <laughs> So we go to Ryan's house again. Don't drink and drive, kids. But we, uh, it's like a mile away. So you go to the door to let them know you have the fucking, uh, you have Ryan's the car. car yeah. And Jackie answers the door, his wife, and you just walk in with Jay and leave us out there. <laughs> so we're out there for like twenty five minutes. It's like okay, we still got to make sure everything's okay. So we go in too, and you guys have just been sitting there talking to her and her kids the whole time, letting her know what happened. She keeps asking random questions, like, <laughs> mind you, this is a lady was from Germany. She still had a thick European accent. Nothing against that, but this lady was just airheaded as could be to begin with. So it's like every time it's like, oh, did they save the car? It's like, yeah, we just told you we brought people there. Oh, thank God. <laughs> And then it's just like, oh, but is Ryan okay? Well, they threw him out, but yeah, he's like, oh, thank God. It's like, you guys didn't discuss this in the 25 fucking minutes you've been in here? <laughs> so we end up staying another 45 talking about it, and then her kid talks, talks about how she smoked her dad's stash who just kicked some guy in the fucking throat and is hiding in the bushes. We left at that point, and then you went to go get Ryan. You cannot leave all that out. There's no way. I know you were drinking, but like, damn, that was a... So this dude was in the bushes the entire time yes. you guys were He, was, just he was hiding in the bushes the entire time. So actually, he was hiding across from Lion and Bull. I don't know if you remember. He went out to that little lighthouse at the opening of the fucking neighborhood, the little house they have that lights up at night, and he was hiding in the bushes behind the sign, dude. Like, imagine a gated community's, like, stone concrete wall with the name of the community on it, Westgate, whatever you want to call it. This dude's hiding in the bushes behind that. Like, that's not enough fucking cover no, to begin with. That's the way. worst place to do it. Like, and he got away. Some person will call the cops it. on you in a heartbeat there. But Just he got away. Just pull up. Come here. He's like, come here, guys. <laughs> He's in there. She's like, I got some candy in my pocket. Yeah, yeah that was a that was that was an intense situation. Just rolled up and picked up a guy out of the bushes. What's going on? Here? That's exactly <laughs> it, man. Straight up. Hey, it is what it is. What's a funny fight story you got, Joe? 
Oh, Rodney, I don't have any funny fight stories because I don't fight for fun. <laughs> I don't know. That's We've got some thing, funny fight stories. We do have some <laughs> funny fight stories, but also kind of tragic, Rodney. Tragic, but here. at what cost, Joe? It built our friendship, did it not? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Like, you know, like we just have to establish pecking order. And then we realize that <laughs> as long as you get me to take one knee, we're on equal ground. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, I think you're selling me a little short here. Oh, no, but I, I'm not, Rodney. Like, you have a complete legitimate way of winning a fight if you get me on equal footing. You've done it multiple times. Look, the only time I know I've gotten you to take a knee is because you came at me while you were drunk one time. And you tried, you're like, let's go have a cigarette. And I was about to get up and you walk up and you tried to slap me. And I leaned back in the chair <laughs> and you tried to slap me again. I dodged it. And all I remember is standing up and kicking you straight in the fucking front of the thigh. And you like dropped into your closet and you just went, whoa, man. I was like, are, I was like, are we good? Are we good? He's like, whoa, I'm sorry. Yeah, man, we're good. Like, you realize what I mean? Like all the shit that was stacked in my closet. Like yeah. it was like a whole freaking like beanbag chair. I was stuck. <laughs> Oh, man. In the cloth. <laughs> Dude, I was mad. Look, I, I wasn't even trying to be a dick and kick him, but if he tried to slap me in less than three seconds two times, I got up, and I was like, the only way I'm going to dismantle him is if I drop him to the ground. And it's like, but I don't want to hit him because me and him had gotten to a fight like three months before that, and that was a really bad one that like yeah. we got fucked up about. So I had to kick him in the front of the thigh. I was like, I just need to immobilize him. It's like giving a child a fig newt, and you're trying to keep them still. It's like, hey, dude, just just listen to reason for a minute, all right? It's like because we're about to get we're about to step over the line of fucking reason to irrational, irrationally upset about something. It's all about it's just like, more, dude, we've just been picking on each other since high school. So it was more like, okay, like I'm I'm over it. Yeah. It's like let, let's just. Let's put this behind us. And you know what? We've gotten good over the years. We even stopped like trying to make each other flinch for the most part. The only thing Joe does is when he used to have a key for the Jetta, he would sit there and press the button and the key flips out and it scares me every time for God knows what reason. <laughs> Mommy, we, we were just having a conversation about it and now I have the keyless entry or the keyless uh, uh, keyless ignition. Yeah, he has the electric remote. That's yeah. right. So I just have the push start button and... I have the key that still flips the classic Volkswagen <laughs> little flip. Yeah. And for some reason, it always freaked Rodney out, and it just geeked me out how easy it was to get him with it. And it's just like, dude, it's like that. La it's like when you go to the movies and it's the little roller coaster at the beginning going through. So it's like that last little piece of popcorn that always it pops gets at the water from time to time. It gets me every time, <laughs> and that's the thing I don't get. It's like I know it's gonna happen. Why am I? And it's like. Oh, but that little blast piece of popcorn just gets me every time. Like, that's how this key is, except it's more like my PTSD kicks in. I fucking play. So, like, now my car, like, I just touch the door handle and it unlocks it as long as the key's in my pocket. Mm -hmm. So, like, I never have to take the key out except to lock my glove box. And I don't care about that. Yeah. So, literally, the only function this has is the freak Rodney out. <laughs> it works well. I'll give him credit. Like, to this day, dude, I'm going to be 30 in a month and a half, and that shit gets me every time, and I'm just not quite sure what the science is behind it. <laughs> so random. For real. Uh, I did, however, find out that uh, my ass does, in fact, unlock my doors when my key is in my pocket. Fantastic. <laughs> Wait, so do you, like, just do a mean kegel on the handle and pop it open? No, or? I was just leading against it. That was oh. it. <laughs> It unlocks. And ass, it's like, oh, someone's touch. knocking. Boop, pop on in. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm sitting trying to talk to my neighbor, getting Christina off the bus, and my car just goes crazy. And I'm trying to figure out 
what's going on here? What's going on? I was leaning up against the door, against the touch sensitive part of it. Was it unlocking and locking the over? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I usually don't do this, but uh, butt to butts, all right. That sounds like when you took. <laughs> that like, sounds like when you took my second fob out of my Crown Vic while I was sitting in one night. My car just started going crazy, like doors locking on and off, lights coming on and off. My trunk keeps popping open and shit. I was like, what in the actual fuck is going on? I walked into the garage after I'm off the phone. I'm like. Guys, I think my fucking, like, well, my chips is malfunctioning or something. Joe's like, oh, yeah, that sucks, dude. And it stops after <laughs> I get out of the car, so I'm not concerned about it. Well, mind you, I've been in the car talking, so Joe's already told everybody they have the second fob. So right now, I just look like a moron in front of everybody, and I'm not in on the joke. Joe tells me 45 minutes later when I leave, I'm getting ready. He's like, oh, Rodney, here, you dropped this. I was like, no, I have my fob. He's like, oh, yeah, this is why your car kept messing with you earlier. It's like, I've been fucking with the buttons the whole time. It's Smooth. like, he got me because I didn't th- I didn't see him take it out of my glove box, so he went in there while I wasn't paying attention. It's just like, God damn, dude. It's like, I had seen it earlier in the day or something for some reason. And you're just like, mm, this looks fun. Perfect. I start hanging them off my ears so nobody can take them. It's just, oh, man. It was good times. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the times. <laughs> uh, doesn't this end with some children dying? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, right? What? What are you talking about? This is the best of times. It was the worst of times. Oh, for a second, I was like, what the hell are you going on about, dude? The seriousness in Ronnie's face. This is Tom Sawyer, right? Like, I'm not messing that up. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. Was there or was it the art of war? It was not the art of war. The art of war is like 1,800 years older. You're acting like that phrase couldn't be made in that time. Twas the best of times. <laughs> yeah. Joe and I are the wuss of times. Joe and I are sitting here having a Mexican standoff with our eyes and Kwame's lean in. Yeah, like that. Like that. We're, we're finally genuinely confused here for the first time. And yeah, like, I think we're like drawing a blank, man. That's a little weird. Yeah, no, it was like we got some general so is like but I'm pretty sure he did it. Well, what's been going on this week in news? I'm cut off from society. Anything interesting? Um Nothing too big. I found a TikTok that's filled with fucking videos of police being assholes. Well, I mean, that's not that hard to find, but that does always, that's always fun to watch. I love watching real world police. We do have some shit going down on that. And it was like, we've had like another police murder. And then. Yeah, was that 13 year old Latino kid? No, no, no. That's footage of a Latino kid. This is a completely different one. Oh, wait, there's footage of that 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 got released? Two weeks ago. Oh, shit. And they just released the footage a day or two ago. And it's. You can't really tell if he was holding the gun when the cops showed up. But but the point is, it was. He definitely dropped the gun before the police said anything. Yeah. And his hands were in the air yeah. when they shot him. I mean, it's just when you make the comparison of this versus that Kyle Rittenhouser kid and how he just like walked out and drove back out of state before he got or however the hell that situation worked. You really do see like the, the racism. Oh, in my there. goodness, the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff. So uh, whatever there was some sort of uh, uh, fun crowd fundraiser thing online whatever you, what do you what do you call it patreon whatever they do yeah, go, go, fund go fund me yeah probably um mm-hmm. for Kyle Rittenhouse and some hackers freaking stole a bunch of data from the website and found all the people that were donating to him so many cops and politicians were donating to him 
and leaving him messages like, everyone in the police stands behind you. We know you're innocent. Blah, 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 blah. That's so fucking dirty, though, dude. He drove from out of state and did what he did. And regardless of whether this dude was trying to hit him with his skateboard or not when that happened, he still killed this motherfucker with... With an automatic weapon, or what was it? It's Semi-automatic, right? It's assault. Yeah, right. It's an assault rifle. Yeah, sorry, I mean, that's why I meant to say I'm not really gun savvy. Yeah, ridiculous. But no, he had to commit three crimes before he even got himself into that situation. He illegally in possession of a firearm. He illegally bought a firearm, and he illegally carried it over state lines. I just, I, I, I don't understand how the hell he wasn't arrested even after he was pointed out for what he did during those riots. Like again, this goes back to what we were talking about the last episode. What what Go ahead. Sorry, Kwame. No, you're fine. <laughs> because in the, in those videos during those riots, the bad guys in the video were the black people. When the police showed up and were looking for bad guys, that's who they were looking for. They saw a white guy with his hands in the air. He he could not have done anything wrong, obviously. Uh, yeah, especially with those rubber gloves on. Don't want to get germs from the gun you got strapped to your person. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just. Anyways, all I was getting at the fact that this this poor teenager got shot. You know, you just told me the most I know about it. But regardless, like the 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 common denominator that I'd heard so far that this gun, regardless of when he put it down. Before or after the cop, he put that gun down, though, and put his hands in the air. And why he got shot, like, maybe I just need to see the footage to understand. I don't necessarily want to see a kid getting hurt. No. But the point being is, like... um, They found the gun behind a fence on the opposite side of the fence he was on when he was shot. So maybe the gun bounced under it when he dropped it, or maybe he dropped it moments before the cops found him. But either way, he did not have it. And you don't have to watch it, and I don't want to, like, you know, make it seem like bigger, but it was less than a second after his hands were in the air. There was no further verbal communication. It was one single shot fired. It's just... Dude, do you know that in the last month I was reading something earlier, and I don't know how much is behind this. I didn't look deep into it, deep, but apparently there's been 45 mass shootings in the last month in the U.S. that's not getting covered. It's, uh, uh, I mean, somebody shot up a FedEx place. Yeah, yeah, I just heard about that one. people this week. And then a few Jeez. years ago, they also had one of those happen with a UPS out in California as well. I mean, that I guess that's literally the definition not to make light of a bad situation, but really going postal. I mean, it puts it into fucking perspective. And it's, uh, as weird as it is, it was uh, talking about, talking to Christina about bullying in school. And she was like, they always say it's the quiet one you have to watch out for. But I found that it's the loud asshole. She didn't say asshole. That's the one that actually does cause all the problems. The quiet kid, you don't have to worry about it at all. And it is kind of weird that, um, it's good, but it's unfortunate that it took this long. Now that people that are considered to be normal or mainstream are committing these acts of violence against people, we're finally starting to talk about it seriously. It's not just the loner kid with the mental health issues. This is just now finally, they're just everyday normal people that are just at the end of their rope. Well, it's one of those things, dude, the, this is all I got to say about it. Like, uh, so, like, you know, the, uh, the Columbine massacre, that was apparently what a lot of people perceived to think that the mass shootings, how that started, which that is definitely not the case. I mean, you have the McDonald's massacre in the 80s out in California by that guy who shot all those people in there, including a pregnant woman. 
You got uh, the the what was it? The Oklahoma City bombing wall. That wasn't necessarily a mass shooting, but regardless, like yeah, that was the largest act. Yeah, of Timothy McVeigh and all that domestic yeah. terrorism in history. Yeah, and you know um, what I was getting at with Columbine is that they never released the basement tapes of them filming all their escapades and stuff, building up, doing the what they called missions and all that. That was never released in fear of copycats, but it's like, look how much has happened, dude. I mean, Sandy Hook, for Christ's sake, like all those elementary school kids. It's like, and they think that, don't you think, like, maybe not release it to the general public, of course not, because you don't want people seeing that kind of crap. You know, oh, this, even if, like, it was for educational purposes, people could find ways around that to hide it. But I think yeah, they no, should put that in. get disseminated onto the dark web and then make it somewhere mainstream again. Well, they've already said two That's or three times. That's the problem with even dist- doing a limited re- release of information. Well, they've already said two or three times the shit was destroyed. But, like, obviously that's not the case if they've said two or three times. That's them trying to appease the public and put it to rest, even though they can't put that to rest. But what I'm getting at is you think after a while, you think they're maybe going to, excuse me, release that. For, like, learning purposes through parents or something like that. Like, I don't know how you'd, like, go about it or what classes you would teach. But, dude, with how the whole copycat, just the idea they had about, oh, it'll stop here. And it's only spiraled out of control. They act like, you know, they didn't release all sorts of footage from that shit as it was. All the all the movies made on that kind of situation. All this shit going on nowadays. I mean, dude, that's one of the things other countries make for, fun of us on for Reddit. Like, when I go on Reddit, people are always like... Oh, oh, French. Oh, you're a Frenchie. Uh, yeah. And it's just like, oh, I want to bag getting some crisps. And they're like, oh, yeah, I want to go do a mass shooting later. It's like people literally bag on us for that kind of crap. But it's like we don't cover it. And it's like, you know, the media gets off on like exploiting shit like that. And yet now it's becoming such an epidemic. And yet, like, I don't know, man. It's just what I'm getting at is like, it seems it's okay when a cop does it. And I'm not anti police by any means. But the point being is like, there are a lot of bad ones in there that rub dirt on that white glove and gives the entirety of them a bad name. I mean, it's the it's the old saying, you know? Yeah, no, and it's uh, the whole police, the whole... And it's every time there's something that happens with the police, the police chief or whoever's in charge is like, oh, it was a few bad apples. But what they never do is they never finish that phrase. And it's a few bad apples spoils the bunch. Just because you got rid of those bad apples doesn't mean the rest of the apples aren't already bad, Because they're not trying to fame themselves further. Because if you're not caught, why sell yourself out? You know what I mean? And it's, uh, there was, uh, I think we talked about it last week, the mm-hmm. army. Uh, the lieutenant that, the got, lieutenant that pulled got pulled over. Pulled over illegally and then harassed and Are you talking about the one at the gas station? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember seeing uh, that. I'm looking at Dante now Wright's story right now. I'm trying to right think now. of uh, my point to that. Dante Wright? Um, yeah. What's going on with that? The, uh, the police chief in that situation, he actually just refused to apologize. And that's okay because you're not supposed to apologize until after you get sued, just in case, because it looks bad in court. Mm-hmm. But when asked if apology would be necessary, he was like, no, I don't see why. And that's the that's problem de- right there. That's is despicable. It's deplorable. who are in charge don't see themselves responsible for the actions of the people they're in charge of. Well, I mean, because it's the whole fact of the matter that shit rolls downhill and something like that. You know, the higher-ups, if they're not directly responsible, it becomes their problem, but they let it trickle down to the people that are closer to the, like, engaged party. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the shit really rolls downhill and falls down on top of the people, like, at the bottom of the totem pole outside of the offending party. Mm -hmm. So what were you talking about, Dante Wright? Sorry. So have you guys heard he, about he's the, the one that he got shot? Got uh, shot. 
Was he the one that was maybe wrestling with a gun? No. So he tried to run, and so basically okay. they were arresting and him at his driver's side. Yeah, he okay. tried to jump back into his car. So um, the officer basically mistook her taser for a pistol. That yeah, okay. I've or seen. mistook her pistol for a taser, whatever. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot about this online. Mm-hmm. So I just watched the video really quick, just to like without sound. So I only saw the captions. But basically, what happens is she pulls her handgun out and goes taser, 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 and then shoots him. So. Looking at a belt, an equipment belt for police officers, they usually have their taser either on their left side or right in front of them, so that that way it's I'm at my 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 belt area, like right. It's not in a draw. Buckle. It's not in a draw position like their handgun is. Yeah, it's usually on your down, on your off side, or on your front. Yeah, because it's you know like there's still quick access, but it's like all right, this isn't immediate life or death, but I need you to follow instruction or whatever <laughs> the the fact that she defaulted to going to her handgun and thought it was a taser alone tells me that there's not proper training well for yeah police officers um it ended up uh resulting in dante wright's death right so all they did was um she resigned i don't know if the family got any money for it or whatever but what I've been seeing a lot of it's recently, a, uh, whatever town or whatever they're being sued, she's the town's a, being sued. Uh, she's also being sued civilly by the family anyway. Yeah. Um. No, it's I watched that video too, and it's obviously just incompetence. There have been hundreds of police on YouTube coming out. They'll put their belt on. They'll be like, they'll show you exactly what's up. Here's the taser. It's got a plastic handle. It weighs three or four pounds less. It comes on your offhand, non-dominant hand side of your belt. This is a gun. It's made of metal. You can feel the difference. You can feel the weight difference. And police are saying nobody that should call themselves a police officer should make this mistake. Yeah. And it's true. Now, whether this was a legitimate mistake or not is the question No, that people are making. And this is where I found weird is... I watched the video, too, a little while ago, and she says, taser, 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 shoots one time, only one shot, like she's deploying her taser, and says, oh, my God, I shot him. Like, the tone of her voice made it sound like she genuinely made a mistake. Yeah. I'm not saying that makes it okay, because... But it it shows there possibly wasn't intent that. But here is the only thing I have to argue with that. And again, this isn't to try and defame this woman, because like you guys are feeding it to me as I probably need it. You need to turn the safety off a gun. Yeah. That is the only issue I find in all this. You have to turn the safety off, because safety's on when it's before, while it's holstered. At least police officers should have a safety on their gun in the first place. If they have a uh, gun... So so looking at this... You guys... some don't, don't have. really own guns. Never. No, no. I guns. own a gun. I know some guns come without safety. Some guns simply come without. Safety. Yeah, but do ones that and they that they uh, give to the police officers? Almost certainly no, but it is a small possibility. The, that's mm-hmm. the reason I add. Well, that's something that I just I, I kind of thought about during this. And again, like I'm just giving it to you as I'm not saying this is the real. But if there is safety on that gun, that needs to be looked into because. 100%. I'm almost positive when those are holstered, they have to have the safety on. And when you brandish them or however you want to call it, your safety, you have to turn it off. That's just my understanding. If there's anybody that knows better about this, please 
fill us in if anyone knows anything pertaining and, this certain this certain and incident. I, I, I don't want to like accuse all police of this because this is only like from my limited knowledge, expertise, and personal knowledge of people who have functioned as police. Yeah, but they genuinely would not put their safety on. They consider the safety to be dangerous to them. They think that their weapon needs to be as serviceable as full as possible. So it's almost like that split second could make the difference. They're willing to risk everyone's safety, including their own, by walking around without the safety on all day. Well, if that is the case. They genuinely don't think it's a problem. If that is the case, and I I, I see that angle and that makes sense, but still, I I still want to find out the information. Because, like, from what you're telling me, if the tone of her voice made it seem like, oh, my God, I made a genuine mistake, I can't take back. Then, you know what? Mistakes happen, but this is also what I got to say for the people trying to, like, saying she needs to get off and stuff. This is all I'm going to go off of. And it's only because, like, again, equal rights and all that kind of good stuff between people. Officers are no higher than us when the uniform's off type deal and what have you. But for the people who are saying she should get off, this is all I'm going to say. There are people doing 15 years for possessing some marijuana minorities and stuff. And, oh, it was a mistake, but you got to pay for that mistake. I think she needs to pay for this mistake, whether due to incompetence or not, because she can't take this back. And that kid's life is now, it's ceased to go on. And it, it's literally like a car traveling dude. That's what he was, and she was a tree, and she stopped him. And it's, that was the end of it right there. She chose a job that was a position of power and authority. And responsibility. And responsibility. And when she failed those responsibilities and made a, a negligent mistake, it was still on her. It's still her fault. She never should have been in that position. She never should have put herself in that position Whoever hired her never should have put her in that position. Or trained her better the for that matter. person who trained her never should have let her get past that position. Again, it couldn't, dude, who knows? I mean, we don't, I don't know if there's any details about, uh, about, excuse me, details out about, like, how long she'd been with the force, anything, because who knows? I think it was 29 years. Oh, shit, so she was, four years. So she was an older a, a woman. veteran, like. Okay, okay. A ridiculously that's, long time. Well, then that just, all right, I'm, I'm going to say negligence or not. I still want to find out more about that. Yeah, no, this is just a more being too comfortable in your job. Well, type mistake. Again, I'm going to stand by what I said. Yeah, she made a mistake, but regardless, mistake, negligence or not, mistakes have consequences when it comes down to people like us, you know, not in that position of authority. And I think they definitely need to be held accountable because again, when she failed those responsibilities, it resulted in a life being taken that they weren't in any immediate danger from this kid, as far as I know. Right, and it's uh, um, obviously, and it's obviously a racial issue. We have racism here. Yeah, we know that it's alive and well. Anyone who doesn't think it is obviously is on the opposing side of that. And a lot of people don't understand that there are racist groups in America that have spent the last seventy years infiltrating positions of authority. Mm-hmm putting themselves in those positions to be able to hire and place more people with their beliefs in those positions. Mm -hmm. And that's how we wind up with systemic racism and we wind up with policies that are racist. And so even now we have more open-minded people joining the police force. The policies that were created by the racists 
are being used by those people and their hands are tied because they have to follow their own rules because they actually believe in it. Well, what makes it more like deplorable in my opinion is the fact that these people that get into these positions. All right. I was going to, I was actually going to say something, but I, I recanted on it in my mind and I wanted to rephrase it because I, I don't want to sound like ignorant to something here because like, this is something I do believe, but excuse me. Wh- <clears throat> Totally trying to blank. I totally forgot. You're good. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, no, when uh, fuck, it's gonna come back to me. Somebody, somebody, Phil. I'm gonna make a, a quick point, really quick. Just going back to uh, you know, mistaking your uh, pistol for a taser. That's not the first time that this has happened. I'm looking at a BBC network, their website, and uh, according to them, uh, this has happened. Um. At least a good number of times between 2001 and 2009, as well as there were two specific reports that they added into their report that in 2015, a man was shot dead in Tulsa, Oklahoma by a volunteer sheriff's deputy who had accidentally pulled out their handgun. Oh, I've heard this one. Yeah. And then 2019, a police officer in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, mistakenly discharged their revolver at, um, seriously wounding a shoplifter so uh, this is why people aren't taking her claims that it was an accident seriously is there have been other cases of accidents but there have been other less clear cases yeah where it appears to be actual murder mm-hmm. and the police lie and cover it up by saying oh i thought i had my taser oh uh, but they but they genuinely knew and believed they had their handgun they knew they were shooting somebody they wanted to kill and to get away with it, they just all they had to say was, "Oh, I thought it was my taser." Yeah. What what I was getting at, sorry, uh, it came back to me. Um, but uh, what I was talking about, what I find more deplorable, where you said people of that like position on racism and stuff, when they get into those opportunities of, to have a position, authority, and power, so to speak, and you say that there are people already there that let them come in with that. What I meant to say was when I recanted that in my mind because I want to make sure that I'm being clear that. You know, I don't believe it's inherited. I was going to say that's inherited racism, though, that these people are still existing as uh, dominantly as they are. But that's a stupid thing to say when it's inherent. It's definitely a learned behavior. I mean, you don't you're not born with hate in you. You definitely inherit that from somebody else that teaches you that. Because it's kind of like one of those things where people are like, oh, being gay is a choice. It's like, okay, prove it to me. Be gay. Right now, suck my dick. <laughs> it's one of those and moments. Just go back to being straight again. If that's yeah, what, what yeah, you want to choose. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's like if that's a choice, it's like okay. Well, then it's like it's a choice to be racist, but at the same time, it almost is an inheritance. But it's not like through biology, blood, DNA, and all that. It's something that's taught generation to generation. You're learning. It's almost like a form of like uh, martial art. Almost, yeah. it's passed down like the ninjas back in the day, samurais, and all that stuff. Yeah. As a kid, um, my sister and I, you know, we. We dealt with racism growing up. We uh, we were raised in Maryland and kind of like moved slowly south towards Virginia. And um, I remember specifically this one time we were outside in our in one of our aunt's backyards, and this girl comes out and just you know, um, for the sake of the talk show, they, she calls us the N word, and just she's probably like six or seven, just goes you know why are these N words out here? And me and my sister just look at her like, that's disgusting. Yeah. Like who taught you this? You know, like, and obviously it's her parents. I'm, we've had friends, um, 
you know, that kind of end up showing their true colors over time felt bad. One friend's mom got into an argue, got into an argument with my mom when we were really young. I think I was like eight years old and you know, the argument just escalated to a point where she was like, why don't you just take your ass back to Africa? And Whoa. you know, when you get to that point where you're telling people that they don't belong in your own country, you know, there's a point where it's just like, all right, don't you feel like that's racist? Yeah, well, what makes that there's something wrong? What makes that like, you know, rubbing salt in the wound at that point is, you know, because there's also like two different types of racism. People who are like you said, oh, why don't you go back to your country, even when they know the people are perfectly, you know, American citizens, accent, what have you, however you can tell. Yeah. But then it's noticeable that you guys are that your family, the last generation is from Africa. Uh, mm-hmm. Where were you guys from again? Your mom in Ghana so, or Uganda, Uganda, yeah, Eastern thing. Africa. So, so it's one of those things where, like, she was definitely using that against your mom's accent too, because your mom speaks perfect English, but she still retains a little bit of her accent, like Auntie Violet and all mm-hmm. that. And so it's like she was definitely trying to like make it burn worse than just the uh, systematic racism. Is Honestly, that I've heard yeah. your mom's accent and it didn't even register. To me until <laughs> well, I, I was just I was just around her more. Yeah, so she does. Yeah. But, you um, should have heard her when she got mad when she came down seeing us party in his basement. Oh, that accent came out. She was ready to take the shoe off and beat the fuck out of us, dude. Well, you and it you is, and um, Caleb running around shirtless and shit. Oh, that was bad, dude. Okay, no, no, no. Hold on. I got to tell this story to trail away from this because we're coming to the end of the show, too. So, you know, we'll probably touch on this a little more later but uh so what i was getting at is that when we <laughs> so kwame had an all-out fucking rager in his house one night and his mom had been telling him for weeks like no people don't want over we were getting into a lot of trouble at the time and it's like i wasn't even really supposed to be there well <laughs> i get to kwame's house and there's like 16 people deep in this motherfucker some of them are sleeping on the floor and shit and i was just like damn it's like okay this is raging already it's two hours after everyone got it's, here I, well i think i had been over during yeah some of the like mm-hmm. low energy periods oh, during that time yeah. dude okay so i, I know me, me and kwame were going through our shit around the same time so me and yeah. the, me and this dude caleb is not our caleb the russian bomb and stuff it's this other guy <laughs> who i barely knew at the time but he was good people and i'd been drinking i forget like bird dog we whiskey or something like bottles. peach yeah, yeah like drinking bottles. out of the bottles and yeah. <laughs> i go to like lay down in this room and uh this dude is like laid out on the couch behind me it was like a theater room in the basement and we're like on different sides and we're talking and something comes out and it's just like you know what Fuck it, I'm going to go out in my underwear and I strip all my clothes off. I'm ready to run out this fucking door into the party and be like, everyone shut the fuck up. I'm trying to show, you know, just to make a scene. That's what I would do. I would answer the door in my underwear with a pizza guy blowing out a hit of hookah trying to fuck with him half the time. So it's like, uh, so Caleb hears me. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do that too. So he strips all of his clothes off and down to his skivvies. And we're about to run out there while I run out and I see fucking mom in the, mir- in the mirror of the wall coming down the stairs, turning the corner. And I turn around, I fucking stiff arm this dude back into the room, dude. And I was like, we have to fucking hide right now. It's like, because I'm not going to be able to put all my clothes on quick enough. It's like, she's going to boomerang this shoe into the room, dude. We're going to get fucked. Some Eddie Murphy mom shit for real. Just like, what's that? (laughs) That's what you would have heard. It was so, so hard to keep a straight face when I saw you run out at the same time. Like, I looked at you like, what the fuck? It's like, <laughs> the fucking universe is about to explode for real. So anyways, I stiff arm the dude back into the room. We go and hide under a blanket on the ground. Because again, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to put all my clothes on this time. This dude's just following my leave. So we get under a blanket so together, worse. hiding so behind a couch so under this blanket. Worse. By the way, our heads are under it too. Like it's going to fucking show, like really fucking <laughs> camouflage us. Like, like Sam and Frodo, when they got to the gates of fucking 
fucking Mordor or whatever, and they put the fuck. Okay, apparently this is how we thought we were hiding because we were drunk. And I remember just looking at this dude. Starts getting real warm under this blanket because of all the heat and like the fucking tension. I was like, I never thought this was gonna happen, Caleb. It's like this is our second time hanging. I'm so sorry. He's like, it's cool, man. Whatever. Well, I hear mom yelling at everybody. What are you all doing in my house? Please get out now. She was yeah. being as polite. She never swore at us, nothing like that. But she's like, please leave my house. Okay, so we got 16 people. By the way, Brittany's trying to talk to your mom, too, like that's going to fucking fix anything. Okay, Brittany was like the queen of bad decisions. No offense, Brittany. At the time, we were all crazy. But the point being is that was one of the scariest times I've ever partied at his house. Like, I was less upset when they found me drunk behind the fucking couch in the way back. Between the couch and the wall, we got really drunk that night off vodka and cranberry, I think. And, like... You gave me a cup and I put my cigarette in. I remember I was already drunk before I got to your house. I had someone drive me. And I put my cigarette in my vodka. I was like, oh, no, not my drink. I was like, well, I can't waste it. Everyone's like, ah, oh, no, nah, don't do that, man. Well, I go to do it. Kwame reaches across the table. He's like, no, it smacks it. And my hand was gripped so tight in this cup. All he did was make all the vodka and shit gall over me. And my, I was like, oh, man, my cup's empty. Then I go and lay face down in his yard for like 10 minutes for God knows what reason. I wasn't tired. I was just laying. So they picked me up. We're all partying inside. Well, at one point I got tired, Joe, and I didn't realize where I was until they were pulling me out of it. But so apparently they were looking for me for like a good hour about at that point. Around the time I disappeared, they had to leave and they couldn't find me. I had the keys. It was my car. <laughs> so all I know is I'm being pulled at one point by my arm, and I open my eyes, like, barely able to see, and I realize that it's Kwame and my stepbrother Johnny pulling me out from behind the couch in between the wall. Like, I apparently I'd crawled in there and just gone to fuck to sleep, okay? And the only reason they found me is because my arm had fallen out from behind the couch, <laughs> And they saw it, and they pulled me out. And I remember them standing me up, and like you weren't near as drunk you guys as I was. Have you were a conversation like, should we check if he's dead? No, see, they couldn't have that conversation because mom him. was in the room in her nightie at that point, so you knew it was serious. Oh, yeah. And Kwame puts me out? Uh, like picks me up because he's not as drunk as me. He's like, oh, man, you're good, Rodney. And his mom was like, well, why is Rodney behind the couch, or what's wrong with Rodney? And I just kind of look up. I'm like. Oh, I'm tired, Mom. I'm sorry. She's like, oh, are you tired? I was like, yeah. It's like, she wasn't buying my bullshit. (laughs) All I remember is that I got home and called Kwame, like, right before I blacked out and went to sleep. I was like, Kwame, I can't find my vape, man. Have you seen it? (laughs) He's like, yeah, bro, I got it right here. It's all good. I was like, all right, man. I went to sleep, woke up the next day, so unbelievably hungover, dude. It's like, I don't know how the fuck you guys even got me to, like, open my eyes. Like, yeah. That was one of the rougher nights I've ever had. Fun story about when I used to drink. I haven't drank in a few months now, so mm. trying to oh, trying yeah. to get better about that. But yeah, we're getting old. Oh yeah, yeah. I gotta keep, keep it up anymore. Good yeah. God. Well, anyways, guys, I think it's time we uh, put this little lady down for a nap. What do you think? I think it's about time. Kwame. Nighty night, sweet prince. <laughs> Until next time. I'm Roddy. I'm Joe. And I'm Kwame. We'll catch you later.